let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you because you are the living word. We thank you because you are the same God who is the I am that I am. Who always has been and who is to come, the Almighty. Open our eyes, O Lord, that we shall see the beauty of your word as we meditate on your second coming. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Happy New Year to you all. Hallelujah. Today we are looking at, and we find it a privilege, to consider the topic, Behold, He Comes. And that is taken from Revelations chapter 1, verse 7. A portion of what we read in our Bible, reading for today. Look, He comes with the cloud of heaven. And everyone will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Jesus in his earthly ministry, before he died, spoke extensively concerning his second coming. Very extensively. And the reason he did so was so that nobody would be in doubt. That the events that we are going to look at today will surely come to pass. Praise the Lord. You know when I was given this topic, I found it very difficult to compress it. But I will do so. We will quickly look at what Jesus said concerning his second coming. We will look at certain specific world events that are not just the general signs of his coming. And if time permits, we will examine the scriptures over the generations to know whether this issue of his second coming was captured by other prophets or was it just Jesus alone hallelujah the general signs of his second coming are everywhere and we at least most of us know about them social climatic environmental disasters in increasing proportion, difficulties in relationships, both marital, parental, national, and tribal. There are reasons why these things are so. We are not the only ones expecting the second coming. And I want to tell us that our enemies are planning far ahead of us. The kingdom of darkness is preparing for the time when Satan will harvest the world. 
just before the advent of Jesus. And so he has put in motion structures. And those structures are at work even now. Let's quickly look at 1 John chapter 4 verse 3. 1 John chapter 4 verse 3. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming to the world, and indeed is already here. Praise the Lord. And so the things that we see happening to this world started immediately after Jesus existed. Satan developed a plan. A plan to destroy the world and the salvation that Jesus came to bring. Do not think that this generation is responsible for the things that we see. It is a progressive event. And like cancer, it has only one end. The destruction of anyone that is outside the ark of God. Praise the Lord. But something has happened that has intensified the operations that are bringing about the events that we are now seeing. Very bizarre events. And those events are beginning to affect the church too. Somebody posted to me a WhatsApp caption. And it was a church in Switzerland where the pastor had preached a beautiful message. And finally, asked everybody to strip naked so that they will experience God. And they did. And they recorded it. And it went viral in social media. That is the world we are inside. The world that we are inside is not only at decadence to the world. The poisonous venom of the spirit of lawlessness is beginning to spill into the very church of God. I saw another caption in South Africa where the pastor told the people that they need to go and eat grass so that they will receive health. And they went outside and started eating grass like animals. And it was captioned and sent viral on social media. Isaiah chapter 24 verse 5 The earth suffers for the sins of its people for they have twisted God's instructions violated his laws and broken his everlasting covenants 
verse 8. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth. Its people must pay the price for their sins. They are destroyed by fire. And only a few are left alive. Praise the Lord. There will be storms. There will be earthquakes. There will be disaster. There will be deaths. There will be wars. There will be confusions. Because we have violated the word of God. The Bible says that he upholds all things by the word of his hand. And when you say to God, the word of your power will no longer uphold Nigeria. It will no longer uphold my life. It will no longer uphold my business. What do you want in return? Think of it. And so the general signs of his coming are summarized in Matthew chapter 24. Verse 12. Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. Praise God. Hallelujah. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall was cold. Praise the Lord. Because the spirit of the Antichrist will be at his zenith just before the Lord comes, iniquity will abound. And as iniquity abounds, the righteous will become prey. And the love of the people will begin to wax cold. Are you beginning to observe it? Things that you would not have tolerated many years ago are now commonplace. And are seeping and settling down in the church of God. Hallelujah. Let me tell you brethren. And I will not spend more time on general science. Because I think. That it is better to look at the specific events. Since the general science will continue to the very end. Now let's look at specific events. A prophet of God by the name John Hagee began to speak in 2014 concerning things that will happen in 2016. And in a speech, and which he later turned into a book, he wrote of the concept of the four blood moons. Praise the Lord. But Hagee's wrote a book on the four blood moons is an eclipse of the moon and it occurred serially and completed itself in 2016 but let's quickly look at scriptures which is a shorter thing and it is from there that he began to speak about the four blood moons Luke chapter 21 verse 25 And there will be strange signs in the sun 
moon and stars. And here on earth, the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. Hallelujah. One of the most important reasons why the climate, the climate of the world is changing and cannot be reversed is what we call global warming. The ice is beginning to melt. The ice that God had packaged after the collapse of Noah's world in the two poles they are beginning to melt. And with the melting of the ice the weather is changing. And the Bible says that the sea will roar and there will be strange tides. But the area that I'm thinking about is the signs that we find in the skies, one of which Hagi extrapolated is the four blood moons. You know, after Hagi has spoken about the four blood moons, some of us who watch time started wondering whether Brother Hagi had become a false prophet. Because 2016 was coming to a close. And nothing that he predicted was about to happen until November. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you some specific signs that began in November and will have their conclusions this year. The first of them is the advent of a man that is about to bring to pass the predictions of prophets who had lived long ago. Daniel chapter 12. Pardon me. This is a Bible study. There will not be much of preaching. Daniel chapter 12 verse 9. In Daniel chapter 12 verse 9, the Bible says, But he said, Go on, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials. But the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. Verse 11. From the time the daily sacrifice is stopped and the sacrilegious object that causes desecration is set up to be worshipped, there will be 1,290 days. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24 verse 11. Sorry, verse 15. The day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about, the sacrilegious objects that caused the secretion, stand in the holy place. Reader, pay attention. 
Then those in Judea will flee to the hills. Brethren, in Judaism, there is no animal sacrifice now. And that is because animal sacrifice cannot be done outside the temple. So instead of the temple, what you have is synagogues. And so Daniel said a time will come when animal sacrifice will be reestablished. And that means that the temple must be reestablished. And that brings us to the man Trump. He is hated by most. He lost the popular vote by three million. And yet he became president. He became president because he has certain assets. That man Trump, the first asset he has is his name. First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter four. We shall read verse sixteen. First Thessalonians chapter four verse sixteen says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding voice, the voice of the archangel, and with the trump call of God. The trump of God. Hallelujah. Can it be that God wants to speak something to the world and picks up a man who is the most powerful man on earth and announces what he wants to do with his name? Just like he did when he picked Moses. It was drop for water. And Joshua, it was Redeemer. Messiah. And Isaiah says that I and the children that the Lord has given to me are for signs and wonders. And he begins to speak of the essence of the name. Is it that God is warning the earth with this man that he has allowed to come into power? But a more important asset that this man has Is the restoration of Jerusalem. Many American presidents have desired to move the American embassy to Jerusalem. And brethren, the Bible clearly shows us that just like the menstrual cycle ends in menses and becomes the calendar of the reproductive life of a woman, so is Jerusalem God's timepiece for the world. No wonder most of the crisis that we have in the world springs from the issue of who will control Jerusalem. The Arabs were ready to agree to all the terms of Israel, but Jerusalem. And because the Arabs insist that Jerusalem must be part of their nation, 
the crisis in Palestine has remained and their brothers have radicalized. And so what you see on earth boiling is for the eternal capital of Israel. And this man Trump says that he recognizes Jerusalem as the eternal capital of the Jewish states. He did something else. Immediately he did so, he brought an Israeli apologist, a man whose thesis and concepts has been on Israel having its capital in Jerusalem and made him the ambassador of Israel. If that appointment is confirmed, where will the ambassador live? Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. And if that man walks into Jerusalem, as I was sharing it with one of my relations, he said, if that happens, then it's Israel and America against the rest of the world. Hallelujah. By January, February, March, the capital, the embassy of America may be in Jerusalem. And that will signal a very important event in life. Hallelujah. The next sign that is specific is the coalition of the nations that was spoken about by Ezekiel. Let's quickly look at Ezekiel 38. And this thing resulted in a military alliance between most of these nations in a very strange way and very rapidly. Ezekiel chapter 38 verse 4 I will turn around and put hooks in your jaw to lead you out. You whole army. Your horses and your chariots in full armor. A great horde and with shield and sword. Persia, Ethiopia, Libya will join you. Will join you too with all their weapons. Goma and all its armies will also join you along with the armies of Beth Togama from the distant north and with many others. Hallelujah. In a very strange way, I read from a more modern translation. I wish it was read from King James. In a very strange way, a military alliance of strange bedfellows has formed on earth. And that alliance involves Turkey, Gog, Gog, if you go to the King James, is in Turkey. Goma is in southern Russia. Persia is Iran. Put or Libya represents Arabs. And Kosh, Ethiopia, represents Africa. Africa has not joined militarily yet. But the core nations have formed an alliance. And what led about the alliance? Very strange. The Syrian war. 
at the end of 2016, before 2016, Turkey and Russia were on opposite sides. In fact, Turkey shot down a Russian jet. But that the will of God will come to pass. Turkey and Russia are now allies in Syria. And Turkey, as soon as I want to explain to us a little bit the difference between the Shiites and the Sunnis. It's like Anglican and Roman Catholic. You see that first across that place. It signifies that there is no harmony. Praise the Lord. And so, this Turkey that is in eternal enmity against Iran has come into an arrangement where Turkey and Iran, Persia and Russia will form a unitary force. That is an important event in history because it is this alliance that will attack Israel and they will be helped by Arab and they will be helped also by Africa. But beyond them, I will go to the last sign that is specific. And that is found in Joel chapter 3. In Joel chapter 3 verse 1. At the time of those events, says the Lord, when I restore the prosperity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather the armies of the world into the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will judge them for harming my people, my special possession, for scattering my people amongst the nations, and for dividing their land. Have you ever heard of the two-state solution? Have you heard of it? The two-state solution that they want to force through the throat of Israel is dividing God's land. The nations of the world have scattered Israel and have this possession. At the time of Jewel, Israel had not come back together. And he was saying that he will bring back Israel together and make them prosperous. What other time in history has Israel and Jerusalem enjoyed prosperity but now hallelujah but in this very time when this prosperity is being enjoyed by Israel two important things have happened number one UNESCO UNESCO sent a resolution that the Temple Mount is a world heritage site and does not belong to Israel. That it belongs to the Palestinians. Temple Mount. That David said, I will not offer to God what cost me nothing. He purchased it. Thank God he did. And then number two, 
when Obama was about to exit, instead of exiting peacefully, he passed feces in the altar. Our brother Obama. And the result of it was the resolution of the United Nations Security Council 2334 Resolution 2334 Resolution 2334 was initially designed and brought by Egypt and when Trump harassed them because they are economically dependent on US they withdrew then behind the scene New Zealand Malaysia Venezuela and Senegal parts of that evil alliance in Ezekiel went and urged the security council to vote on that resolution and they passed it. What does it contain? The legal framework for the attack of Israel and the destruction of Jerusalem. The resolution says that any settlement that Israel and Israel was preparing to build 500 settlements in East Jerusalem that any settlement that Israel builds in Jerusalem East Jerusalem is illegal. And that gives, gives teeth to the enemies of Israel to attack them. Because Israel will not respect that resolution. Hallelujah. The stage is fully set. The gospel has gone through many nation tribes and is still at work. That one we will not be able to assess when the work is completed. But the signs are clearly set in the heavens that the appointed day is very near. Praise the Lord. In the second part of this exercise, I decided to look at scriptures using the tools of science. I'm going to borrow Dr. Mike's tools today. And the first test of truth, people think that science and, uh, and uh, the scriptures are at enmity. Isn't this so? Most people think so. But science confirms scriptures. Hallelujah. The first tool I want to borrow is the tool called validity. In validity, it says that the tests, whatever test you are going to conduct, measures what it claims to measure. It doesn't talk about the level of accuracy of that test. Okay? Praise the Lord. And the question is, does the scripture actually represent the position of God on issues? Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 1. 
I will use three tools. Then I will run away and go to the scriptures. They will speak to us. Deuteronomy 13.1 Suppose there are prophets amongst you or those who dream dreams about future and they promise you signs or miracles and predict signs or miracles and the predicted signs of miracles occur. If they then say, Come, let us worship other gods, gods you have not known before, do not listen to them. God, the Lord your God is testing you to see if you truly love him with all your heart and soul. Praise the Lord. The scripture actually represents what God intends? Yes. Even if a prediction comes true, if he says that devil is God, that prediction does not stand the test of scriptures. Do we understand? That is validity. So scripture is valid. The second test I want us to look at is called reliability. A reliability, it speaks of the measure being consistently accurate. Whatever you are measuring must be consistently accurate. Can scripture also fulfill reliability? Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 21. But you may wonder... How will we know whether or not a prophecy is from the Lord? If the prophet speaks in the Lord's name, but his prediction does not happen or come true, you will know that the Lord did not give him that message. That prophet has spoken without authority and need not be feared. And so God says, any prophets that I am going to send to you will be accurate. And no prophets whose statements were documented in the scriptures were not tested by his generation. Hallelujah. And the final test I want to bring before I bring those scriptures that will speak to us. It's called the level of confidence. In science, we believe that things can happen due to chance. And so we want to be sure that whatever result we have was not due to chance. And so, in science, we accept 95% level of confidence. We give 5% chance. If anything can, with a two-tails test, show that 95% of this result is accurate, that result is accepted in science. And if it is up to 99%, we clap. Nothing goes beyond that. Praise the Lord. But what about scriptures? Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24 verse 
35. Listen to what Jesus said concerning his second coming. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my word will never disappear. What level of confidence is that? 100%. Praise the Lord. Can you then, in your most intellectual estate, doubt that Jesus is not about to come? Are you really prepared for his coming? In John 5.39, he says that you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. The scriptures point to me. And so, brethren, we can go through the scriptures and know whether what we are talking about is consistent with what prophets who have been proven in the past have stated. Praise the Lord. If you search the scriptures, you will see the telltale signs of what we are saying, that it is eminent. And it was not hidden from other generations. In fact, the Jews expected it. But they didn't know how it would be. And so let me just take a few scriptures. In the beginning, Genesis chapter 3. After man had fallen. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 states, I will cause hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. That was the first prophecy about the Lord Jesus Christ coming. Right there at Garden of Eden, God said, Look, you serpent, your seed, you are going to bruise the heel of the person I'm going to send. Is that reliable? Is that reliable? Yes, Jesus was hung on the cross. That was his heel bruised because he rose from the dead. Then the Bible says that that person I'm sending, the seed of woman, will crush your head. Has that happened? No. Hallelujah. It hasn't happened. It is happening. Jesus has started hitting the head of the serpent. But he hasn't crushed it yet. Praise the Lord. You see, the fact that he gave you the blood to be saved, you may decide not to be saved. But a day is coming when this earth shall be inhabited by only those. Not this earth, but the new earth. By only those who have overcome the devil. Praise the Lord. Do you want to be one of them? The question is yours to answer. In Genesis 49, verse 1, Jacob called his children together 
and said, look, I will tell you what will happen in the end of the world. And in verse 10, he says that Judah, the serpent shall not depart from you until him to whom he belongs comes. Who owns the scepter? Jesus. So Jacob sat there and saw the reign of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now I will read this one. Job chapter 19. All of us love Job. But none of us wants to go through what he went through. Job chapter 19 verse 25. And the Bible says, But as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and he will stand upon the earth at, the, at last. And after my body has decayed, Yet in my body I will see God. I will see him for myself. Yes, I will see him with my own eyes. I am overwhelmed at the thoughts. Job saw the resurrection. Job was not born again. He was not even a Jew. He was a man from the east. But God opened his eyes. And he saw the coming of the Lord. And the fact that he, Job, will be a participant in that resurrection. Are you sure you will resurrect? Finally, Isaiah chapter 53 Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7. I want us to look at this Isaiah 53. And when you go back, please read it, that chapter again. Isaiah 53, verse 7 says, He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never answered a word. Who is that? Very obvious. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Did that come true? Do you know how many years Isaiah prophesied this before Jesus came? More than half a century. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Was that true? Unjustly condemned, he was led away. Was that true? No one cared that he died without descendants. Was that true? That his life was cut short in midstream. Was that true? He was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. Was that true? But he was buried like a criminal. Was that true? Can anybody choose where you will be buried? Where you will die? He was put in a rich man's grave. Was that true? 
Could he choose that? Especially under the condition in which he died. But it was the Lord's plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet, when his life is made an offering for sin, the thing that we are asking us to accept today, the offering that Jesus made for your sin and my sin, can you reject such a great sacrifice and go free? Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. Is that true? He will enjoy a long life. What does that tell us? He will live again. Isn't it so? And the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. Because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. Praise the Lord. If everything that was spoken is true, and he's coming back to see the results of his labor, is there a second coming? Hallelujah. If the Old Testament is correct, does it fulfill the test of reliability consistently? Praise the Lord. The final witness about the second coming, and we will end there, was made not by humans, but by angels. Acts of the Apostle. We all know this. Acts of the Apostle, chapter 1, verse 9. Acts of the Apostle. Chapter 1, we shall read verse 9. Praise the Lord. After this, he was taken up into the cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into the heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood amongst them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into the heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. But someday he will return from heaven in the same way he was. You saw him go. Praise the Lord. You know, I like the graphic description of these events. Because for some of us who are skeptical about every report, it gives us a natural display of what is most likely to have happened. Suddenly, Jesus was taken into heaven. What is the natural thing that you will do? You will look. You will be fixated at that thing. Is it also? And the Bible captured it. Praise the Lord. And as they were fixated, thinking that maybe if he goes up, he will come down. Which is the law of gravity. He disappeared. 
And when he disappeared, two men in white. You know Arabs like dressing in white. Praise the Lord. But white represents the righteousness of the saints. That's what the Bible tells us. I wonder whether they are the saints. At least they claim to be so. So two men in white appeared. I said, men of Galilee, look, why are you staring up there? This same Jesus that has been taken from you, in like manner, shall return. In like manner. Praise the Lord. Jesus will come back. And Jesus will come back for a people prepared. And Jesus is soon coming back. First Corinthians, that's my last scripture. Thank you for being patient with me in this marathon Bible study exercise. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. We are going to end in this passage. Let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. Praise the Lord. Begin to talk to the Lord now. What kind of life are you living? A life of compromise? A life of standing and falling? A life that is not focused except on the things of pleasure? A life in which when the master looks at the different branches of the tree of your life, he will find no fruit. What kind of life are you living? What kind of life am I, am I living? Begin to talk to the Lord. He has died for you. He died for you. He loves you. He desires to have fellowship with you. Tell him that this year you will have a walk with him. But when you look back, you will not be ashamed. This year you will be prepared at every minute. In the mighty name of Jesus. These things will not happen until you enter into a covenant relationship with God. There is no marriage until two people agree to marry and enter into a covenant union. And these things were given to us on earth that we may understand the things of God. There is no salvation until you accept the shed blood and give your life to Jesus. Is there somebody who this day wants 
to accept that blood that was shed and come back to the master. Just raise your hand and we shall pray with you. I need Jesus. I want Jesus. I want him in my life determining my future. Don't be ashamed. Nobody makes shame a guide in the course of life. Raise your hand boldly. And if you've raised your hand, please stand up. There is an important prayer I'm going to pray with you. I want Jesus. I need Jesus. I need a touch from Jesus this day. My fellow father, I pray for this boy, the boy, who has stood for you. I enter into the words that declare that that which we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Father, we bind this life unto you in the name of Jesus. Blot out his name from the book of death and inscribe it in the book of life. Let his days be a continual miracle. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And for the rest of the people, are you ready? Begin to ask the Lord to make you ready. What are those weights? What are those barriers? What are those hindrances that weigh you down? Ask that the Lord will lift them up from you. You saw those people, few of them in the church. When the Bible dropped to the ground with a land bank, there was no longer time for repentance, but their knees crashed to the ground. This must not be the lot of anyone here. As that the Lord will reach you, the Lord will make you ready continually. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray.